Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hey, thanks for listening to Dirt and Sprague On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Service Patriots is your home comfort solution for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. Hi, everybody. Harry Carey here. We've got a great show lined up for you. This is Dirt and Sprague. I once took a pair of binoculars and stared at the sun for over an hour. Why would you do that? Curiosity, I guess. Heck, I'm curious like a cat. I have a couple of friends that call me Whiskers. With Andy Dirt Johnson. Hey, now, kid, we all know that the moon is not made of green cheese. Yes, that's true, Andy. But, but what if it were made of barbecue spare ribs? Would you eat it then? And Brendan Sprague. I know I would. Heck, I'd have seconds. And then, then polish it off with a tall, cool Budweiser. Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two, Dirt and Sprague here on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan, the Odyssey app. YouTube.com slash The Fan. We have a lot to get to here in the second hour of the show. You can reach the show at the Vancouver Ford text line, 503 864 6326. They treat you right before, during, and after the sale. Visit them at VancouverFord.com. If you missed the first hour of the show, the Blazers are railroaded. The NBA has a ref problem. Adrian Griffin was fired. NFL Zigger Zag went down. Uh, you can catch any of the podcasts for this show, any other show at 1080thefan.com under what we like to call our Service Patriots podcast section. Uh, check out the latest special offers for our listeners at ServicePatriots.com. Slash the fan, Mr. Unlimited. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh appears to be the man in LA. I don't know if we'll get to that today, but that was a newsworthy thing that came out. They're I'm close get, to a deal. I'm getting nervous that it hasn't been announced yet. The Chargers are going to find a way to screw this up and hire like Pete Carroll. You think Michigan's like, <laughs> what are we waiting on here? I think if Michigan relents off some of their contract clauses, he'd stay. Oh, see, I disagree there. I think he. Well, I, I think, think he wants NCAA to leave. Problem. Yeah, I think he does. He wants to get away from because they're going to get hammered yeah. at some point. They got two different yeah. investigations going and on. And if they like, didn't, he for sure would. He came full circle. He accomplished what he needed yes. to accomplish, and he's. I, uh, but I, I don't just, know. But to your point, I, I, what is taking that? Because yesterday it was they're on the like the one yard line. We're on the inch yard line, and we're still waiting for an announcement. Uh, I think you wait for the landscape of the league to settle some things. Hmm. Uh, also, like you're negotiating your staff, you're recruiting your staff to move yeah, from Michigan. Is DC's coming. Yep. So, so is the question son, yeah. is, how much are they going to pay him? And so is his if son. They got buyouts. My old Shit. classmate Jay Harbaugh. Shout out to Jay going yeah. to the NFL. Go Beavs, baby! Special teams coach in the National Football League. Let's go. He could be a future head coach of the Beavs. Bring him on home. If it doesn't work out with Bray, uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Bring in Jay Harbaugh. Um, we have a lot to get to here in the second hour of the radio program. 
But I want to carry over an NFL zigger zag thing. Matt Mayoko is going to join us uh, less than an hour from right now. So we'll get a Niner perspective preview of that NFC title game. I want to talk about an element of this that's a pretty massive part. You can get into, uh, you know, I saw a lot of like, oh, the Niners right side of the offensive line. How vulnerable will they be against Aiden Hutchinson? Conversely, I saw, well, what about the tight end matchup against this linebacker for the Lions against the Niners? Like, you could poke holes or circle matchups, I think, in this. What are the Niners like with a full week to prepare if they don't have Debo Samuel versus on the fly without Debo Samuel? Coaching's going to matter in this. And Shanahan, he basically threw up on himself in that Green Bay game, and we all saw it. We saw it also happen. He was part... Partly responsible for that 28-3 Super Bowl blown lead. I think it scarred him for life. I think he goes into these games scared thinking about that moment. Well, what I find interesting is like he was almost to blame for it. It wasn't really a Dan Quinn thing, and Dan Quinn was the coach of the team, and he was the OC. But the offense wasn't good enough, even though they put up 28 points on Bill Belichick's defense. Uh, And then he did it again last week against Green Bay. And the other guy on the other sideline isn't coming in with this reputation. He's coming in with, I'm going to steal your possessions. I want the ball to start the game. We're going to take the ball and we're going to score. Yeah. Hopefully there's not a Matt Hasselback situation there. <laughs> the coaching matchup dirt is fascinating to me because one's regarded as this brainy X's and O's whiz kid who grew up in the league, in the league circles. The other is machismo, tough guy. I'm going to ram you until your brains are beaten in but actually sneaky, smart, X's and O's, aggressive guy. The coaching matchup here, Dan Campbell, Kyle Shanahan. It may be the matchup of the matchups that I'm most interested in with the game. I mean, you got two guys who are on complete opposite ends of the spectrum, and I think they're both elite at what they do. They're two of the best coaches in the NFL. The track record has proven that. There will be some grandiose take this weekend if the Niners lose, if the Lions lose. Like, you're going to have hot takes that get spewed out next week. There's no doubt that these are two of the best coaches in the NFL. Campbell's proven it in his three years in Detroit. Shanahan's proven it. You don't get to the NFC title game year in and year out and not have a, a competent brain to be a head coach. The weakness for Kyle Shanahan, though, and we played the audio in the last segment, that I it should concern Niner fans, and I know it concerns me, is his clock management at times is horrific. Horrific. He's t- I mean, just th- that end of the drive, or end of the first half drive. The final four minutes. Last week was yeah. just inexcusable. 45 yards for no points. Nothing. They got nothing out of it. They took over with four minutes to go in the first half. Four yeah. minutes to go. And by the time they got to midfield, they had basically exhausted all their timeouts. There was like 30 seconds left, and they were scared of giving Green Bay the ball back. They had the lead. Like, not being aggressive in those moments yeah. is just, it's a criminal move as a head coach. And to your point on Detroit, one of the things that has stood out to me in their two playoff wins they have had leads late. They've had to try to kind of milk the clock and, and survive with a win. I know they didn't score on that last drive, and they ended up having to punt the ball back to Tampa, but they got a couple of first downs. The drive before that and the drives at the end of the game against the Rams, what were they? They were ultra-aggressive and just saying, we're not just going to run the ball. We're not just going to sit on the like We have to stay aggressive. We have to continue to run our offense that makes us comfortable, that we know we can execute at a high level. And they did it, and it ended up leading them to wins. And so you have one coach who sometimes makes really bad fourth-down decisions. You have a coach who's really bad at clock management from time to time, and you have a coach on the other side 
side who was always aggressive on fourth down. I don't know as much about his clock management, but two very different styles this weekend in San Francisco. You've got one guy that, you know, it's it's weird to say this. I think everybody knows he's a good coach, given where the Lions are at right now and where they were when he started. Yeah. But his sound bites and his just kind of physical demeanor, they 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 almost overshadow the actual brilliance of coaching that he and that staff are. And and I know not everybody's doing that, but I'm just saying, like, when you think Dan Campbell Lions, you're like, hey, can we get the audio? I want the audio. What's the audio? What did he say? How did he say it? What did he look like when he said it? <laughs> and the other side is like, brainy, I know more than you. I've been around this game my whole life. I'm from the Shanahan tree, which comes from the Walsh tree. And But you're so right. It's always been kind of the nitpick thing. Like, you can't get to an NFC title game this many times. No, is it four and five years or whatever they're at now? I, I don't know how many teams, but I would put it in probably the upper... 80 percentile of the league would probably fire their coach if they knew they could get him. Oh, without a question. And I watched his post-game presser. Mayoko kind of pressed him on some of the throw things, and he he doesn't like to be overly pressed because, again, I think he carries a uh, uh, an arrogance to him of, I know this game. I grew up with this game. You don't understand nuances. Yeah. Right? I think there's an element to that with Shanahan, and that's why I kind of find him fascinating. It's not just the brilliance. It's the... I know more than you, but like also it's cost my brilliance. It's Peyton Manning esque. I'm almost overstudying too much. <laughs> yeah. There's a field of football. You're just too prepared in a way, and your your own thoughts get in your way. He was asked about that final drive. And like he's fully acknowledging, yeah, I don't want him to have the ball. It's like that's I just don't think that's the proper way to do that. And by the way, your your defense is a top 10, top 8 defense in the league. It's coaching scared. It's scared to make a mistake. Yeah. It's scared, what if we give up another right, game? Instead right. of saying, we trust our offense, we trust our defense, let's be aggressive here. When when they do that coin flip, and let's say Detroit wins the toss, do you think Dan Campbell's going to choose to have the ball? I have a feeling that he will. I do too. It's man Campbell, he's going to bite your knee off. Because you know what he's not caring about <laughs> at that moment? He's not thinking about who's going to have the ball in the final two minutes of no. the half. No. Like, trust your guys. Yeah, I, I go back to the, some of the play calling as well, and I was yelling at my TV early in the game. They had a 39-24 to pass-to-run ratio. Brock Purdy, if there's a weakness that he has, it is clearly playing in bad elements because his other bad game this season or one of the ones that you would put in that category was the game in Cleveland that they lost. They almost won. Moody missed a kick late in that game, ironically. Um, but that was a rough game for him, and it was bad conditions. It was windy. It was wet. He had a hard time holding on to the football to have him in those situations attempt 39 passes and have only uh, 17 carries for Christian McCaffrey, I know a lot of it was boosted by one run. He had the 40-yard touchdown run that helped his overall numbers pretty well, but he averaged almost six yards a carry when you look at the entire ball game. Like I just, I didn't like that split. I thought they were going to be far more aggressive running the football, and he came out and threw it 39 times with a quarterback who was clearly struggling. He was grabbing his towel in the middle of his drop back. He yeah. was having such a hard time holding on to the football, and I just, I, I look at that. And I wonder, right out of the gate, they had a good run on first down on like their opening drive, and then it was pass-pass. One of them was nearly a pick-six, and you're like, yeah, let's run the football. Let's settle into this game a little bit. And he came out just trying to fling it. I don't know if it was trying to get the playmakers involved, but sometimes you can outthink the room. Instead of just saying, dude, our offensive line is good. I have the best running back in the NFL. Let's just get four and a half yards of carry for a couple of drives here. Let's settle everybody into the game, and then we'll find a way to evolve the offense from there. He came out slinging it all over the place, and Brock was clearly struggling. There's an element of this I want to carry over. We have a 
lot to get to here in the second hour of the show. Uh, we're going to get to what happened, what has happened, I think, in the last week, maybe less, in Seattle, a state of a B1G football team and what they're doing, because I know locally a lot of people don't like them, but you got to keep tabs. We got to keep tabs in the uh, the old new B1G. The B1G. Uh, so we'll dive into a little college football here in the second hour of the program. Again, Matt Mayoko, who covers the Niners, is going to join us at 8. I'm going to carry something over of what you just said there and how it seems ridiculous to say this out loud, but it it's kind of a real true thing. And so we'll carry this over more NFC title game talk next on the fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole. Well, good thing. Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados. Like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo. They are so let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We got a couple anniversaries today. I want to get to those very quickly here as we continue our NFC title game talk. Swag, this one's for you. 30 years ago today, this sums it up, 30 years ago today when Joe Fisher was two years old. <laughs> so he remembers this vividly, vividly. Jimmy Johnson proclaimed, we will win the ball game and you can put it in three-inch headlines. Dallas smoked the Niners, 38-21 NFC title game. Back to the coach's words. Back in the day when the Cowboys could beat the 49ers. Yeah, when there wasn't a salary cap and you could stack pro bowlers three deep on your defense. That run in the early to mid-90s between the Cowboys and Niners. I mean, just insane football getting played. And then it came down to who has Deion Sanders because now they're (laughs) winning the game. He went to the Niners in 94 and then went to Dallas. Charles Haley. Charles Haley. They uh, rotated back and forth. Uh, And then two years ago to the day, Buffalo with the worst loss maybe in playoff history, 13 seconds, gave up a field goal, lost in overtime. I mean, we did have a Falcons fan text in in the last segment. Every time 28-3 to is mentioned, I just cry a little bit internally. You know what? That one will probably take the cake, but this one's close. 13 seconds. It's Buffalo. Green, well, Buffalo, I think, tops Green Bay in conference title game history, right? 
the Green Bay Seattle Seahawks left the stadium. I like, think so. fans were seen leaving the game. Russ was clearly concussed. Yeah, that was Nano Bubbles game. That was he threw like five picks in that game. Praise Jesus, Nano Bubbles saved him. I think because of the Packers' history. I mean, it does. It still hurts. Don't get me wrong. But at least they hit. They won one with Favre. They went to another one. They, they won, won one with Rodgers. Like they got. There's not many teams in yeah. the league that have won. Okay, four. the Bills it's went Buffalo. to four straight right. Super Bowls okay. and lost all of them in what three of them in blowout fashion and yeah. wide right. Yeah, wide right, the first one, and, and then, then blow the up, other blow three blow weren't up. as close. You know, the, there's a lot of fans that don't like that these anniversaries get mentioned. No. I don't know what the anniversary of Gary Anderson and the Vikings is. <laughs> and I, again, was never a Viking fan or Falcon fan, but I hated the Falcons oh, yeah. a little more, and I no, loved Bud Moss. Grant lost four back in the Purple People Eater days. Well, only did. you would know he what did. that was like. I didn't get to watch those games. Uh, but I remember being near tears devastated when Cunningham, Carter, and Moss lost because a one-barred face mask guy missed a field goal kick at the buzzer against the Falcons. Of all the people to cost you a game, that guy who was, by the way, nails the entire season, had one of the best years of kick. Yeah. He was nails all year. Do you know how much it's got to hurt to be the lesser Anderson as a kicker <laughs> in a game? Because Morton went out there and hit the field goal, and they won. At least it wasn't Blair Walsh, though, from like 15 yards out. Okay. <laughs> It Thanks. was like minus four hundred degrees. No, no excuses. That was a twenty yard champion. He kicked the ball shot. at the ten. No excuses. I watched that. He kicked it at the ten. <laughs> I'm like, P-A-T. how did he shake it? Come on, he missed it by like fifteen yards too. wasn't like it was a doink. Yeah, it was. That was a shank. It was. A it was Tyler Bass esque. <laughs> uh, real quick, we'll guy. We'll dive back in. We'll get to some college football news and notes that happen. Uh, we want to invite you, ten eighty the fan, to play in our first. I'm getting rid of this annual. I don't. I know our boss might not like that, but like you got to have more than one to call it annual. You can put inaugural yeah, in there. Inaugural, our inaugural fan winter golf classic at X Golf, Tualatin, and Vancouver Tuesday, February 27th. I don't know if anybody can see this listener wise, but if you're on YouTube. This is my uh, my old planner. Look I got a 2024. You. I'm becoming an adult. You're a planner guy now. Huh? I I need to be planner guy. Yes. <laughs> uh, put this on your planners. February 27th. Sign up a threesome now. You can choose from either the noon round or 4 p.m. Again, at either Tualatin or Vancouver X-Golf locations. Danny Dusty will broadcast live from X-Golf Vancouver. Isaac Atsuk will be live from X-Golf Tualatin. Winning threesome wins a foursome at our, our summer annual uh, Fan Golf Classic, the 10th one of that. Uh, the last place threesome will get a free lesson at X Golf. Go to 1080thefan.com for more info and to sign up your threesome now. What? You know, you can say Jared Goff or maybe the, the secondary because if the Niners are going to win, I think they're going to expose some things with Detroit's defense. We know it's a little shaky of a defense. Sure. What are you more nervous of on the other side? Let's take Dan Campbell and the Lions. They're there. We know. From the Niner perspective, what are you more nervous about? Brock Purdy or Kyle Shanahan? Weird to say that, but we know his weaknesses as a coach. Stop thinking about what the other team's going to do yeah. and just go play your brand of football. Or Brock Purdy, yeah, he completed two passes on the last drive, was horrific in that game. He was really bad. What are you more nervous for? Uh, I think you have to say Brock Purdy just because of his age, and I think the amount of pressure that's on that dude's shoulders, man. There's not many guys that are in their second year in the NFL who was the it was seventh round, last pick in the draft, who was basically told, if you don't win this game this weekend, we're questioning everything about our future. 
Like, just think about that for a second. This dude's in his second year in the NFL. He has broke almost every 49er passing record this year. He was number one in almost every major statistical category throughout the regular season in the NFL. Go look up and down all the, the leaders in the NFL this year. Yards per attempt, yards. Like, just go down the list. He's number one in almost every single one of them. He is in his second straight NFC championship game, but he is being told if he doesn't win this, the 49ers have to sit down and ask themselves hard questions. You're not a franchise quarterback, despite breaking all these records. I thought... Shannon Sharp made a great point yesterday. And that's not something I say a lot. I don't dislike Shannon Sharp, but it was it blew my mind because this is the way history works, and your sport in the NBA does this more so than anybody else. I think I know what you're talking about. I almost used it on the show today. So, so. I, Swag, you were alive. I was not. Do you remember the 1982 NFC Championship game? It was the catch game, for example. If you Dwight, a, Clark, Dwight Clark. Dwight Clark. Yeah. Okay. I thought that was 81, but... Or oh, 81 maybe it was 81. Season. It was 81 season, but, you know... That, sure, the game happened yeah. at 82, but it was the yeah. 81-82 season. Okay. Oh, yeah. Niners win. Do you remember anything about Joe Montana that day outside of the catch? No. Okay. Mm, I don't either. You don't either? Did you not see this clip? Or well, are you just playing I, along? No, I I, so, I I guess I saw a different Shannon Sharp thing. So this were... this is hilarious to me, and this is the way we operate. I mean, that was a dog. It wasn't a lot of offense, and it was a slugfest. The final score was 28-27, yeah. and I, the final touchdown made it 28-27. We often ask our quarterbacks, what, what what matters most? What are you judged by? What do you do late? Can you lead the game-winning drive? Can you put the team on your back and find a way to get the job done? Brock Purdy has been crucified all week for the way he played, and he was really bad for three quarters of that game. Nobody would disagree, although the touchdown pass to Kittle was a thing of beauty. It was. He was great on the last drive. I, you can say it wasn't a ton, but he he was like he made the throws 60 necessary. of 68 yards. Yeah. The Jennings throw was great. He had one along the sideline. Ayuk had a great – he had a nice scramble. He got the job done when the team needed. And Shannon Sharp brought this up yesterday, and I honestly didn't even know this. I've seen the catch highlight 30,000 times in my life. We all have. It's one of the most iconic plays in NFL history. In the first three quarters of that game, Joe Montana threw three interceptions and lost a fumble. Four turnovers. All we remember is what? The catch. The catch. The throw. He's the GOAT. Yep. He's Everson the greatest Walls. of all. He's clutch. Come on. He gets in the ground. That's all we remember. And it was hilarious to think about that. And it was he was talking to Orlovsky and I think Stephen A. And they were both like, I didn't know that either. Yeah. Like this is how imagine what Twitter would have been saying for the first three quarters of that game. Joe Montana can't win the big Joe Montana's not good enough. He's only winning because of Bill Walsh. He's only winning because he's got this guy and that guy. And then he gets the job done on the last drive and he's the GOAT and he's for, clutch and he's for gonna, Brock Purdy supporters, the weather forecast 73 Partly sunny. Oh, it's perfect weather. Five yeah. mile an hour winds. And it's a three thirty game, so like you yeah. still get the sun, the nice temperature. Like yeah. there yeah. you can't be missing those throws again in that weather. No, and, no. And there's a, maybe a conversation about small hands purdy in rain. Sure, okay, maybe. The elements affect him. But the elements will not be a problem this weekend, and it shouldn't be for either quarterback. It's gonna be about scheme. I, as much as what you're saying, I agree with of how we only remember certain elements of big moments, right? Hey, there's John Candy. He <laughs> right, calmed right. the huddle down. We do this with Jordan all the time. He wouldn't sit out. It's like, dude, he retired for a year and a half. What are you talking about? How dare LeBron pass <laughs> up the final shot of a game? Jordan wouldn't. He uh, had two finals won by yes. passing to an open teammate. <laughs> Jim Paxson says hello. Shocking. Um, I, I'm actually leaning the coach. And I can't believe I'm saying – I have so much respect for Shanahan and what he's established in his own career – yeah, maybe he's a Nepo baby, but clearly proved that, like, necessary Nepo baby, right? It's like Noah Eagle, he got a job at 24 that nobody in the world would ever get if their last name was something else. But damn it, he's good. Noah Eagle's good. He's basically a carbon copy of his dad. Yep. 
We're going to have that extended for another 40 years in our lives. I'll take it. Noah gets interviews that no other 24-year-old can get. Yes. But then you get him in the interview, and everybody's like, oh, this guy's Dude's great. He's good at his job. Not everybody's Logan Roy. I'm the eldest boy. (laughs) Like, there are Nepo babies who are really good, and you go, I get it, right? This is the element of Shanahan that leaves me nervous because... He can get in his own head. Well, yeah, he absolutely gets in his own way. And, like, for lack of a better term, I know Dan Campbell will walk in and slam his nuts on the table and go, here it is, man. You want it? I'm bringing it. And Shanahan's going to go, well, I'm nervous about what they'll do, so what are we? What should I do with us if, if I think they're... I just think he gets in his own way, gets way too deep into his own head. Yeah. When I heard him admit in the postgame, I didn't want them to get the ball... You're kind of losing me a little bit. And as smart and good as he is as a coach, as lauded as they've been as a franchise in this run, they've made several stupid draft picks. They've done dumb trades. Uh, They don't know how to find a quarterback. And Purdy's been great, to your point, on the stats. I don't know if they're convinced about it yet because they wanted Brady this year. There are elements of them that teeter on... uh, how big of a step back will they take eventually? And I don't know if they will, but I'm actually more nervous about the coach than I am the last pick of the draft in year two in this game. It's interesting. I put up a poll question on this last night because I figured we'd talk a little 49ers and Lions. And I was curious where people were at on the quarterbacks in this game. Who do you just who do you trust more this weekend? Jared Goff or Brock Purdy? I because because a lot of the conversation this week has it's been golf on the road is my problem. I'm nervous and it's the NFC <laughs> title game and like I know he plays it straight. I like Jared Goff. I do too. He's having a great year. He had a great quote. Uh, he was asked. He's like, "How do you feel about some of the things that are said about you and this team?" And he said, "Well, who are you? Ta- what? Who said what? What are you talking about?" And the guy goes, "Well, Skip Bayless said," and he cut him <laughs> off and he goes, "Shut up! I don't care about daytime television." He called right. it daytime television, <laughs> right? He doesn't care. But then you get in the moment, and there is noise. Whether you want to admit you hear it or not, it's noise. And Goff on the road in that environment against that defense, Fred Warner's looming. And I think people are like, is Bosa going to break you? Will Fred Warner or Greenlaw pick you off? Like, Sure. But I also see the other side. The coach can be a little shaky with play calling, and the kid's in his second year on a massive stage where throw by throw – the internet is picking him apart. It was, it's been a week full of saying Brock Purdy should have done this, should have done that, should have thrown a couple of picks. That's how bad he was. And then I was reminded yesterday, watching some highlights again, that on their opening drive, Jared Goff attempted to throw an interception in the end zone, one of the worst throws of the entire postseason. Right, I think it was Jamel Dean. I can't remember who. But yeah, it was Dean. It was, it was Dean, just yeah. right into his head, and he just dropped it. Yeah. Just dropped it. The Lions come away with points on that drive. He also had the chest pass late in the game against the Rams to an offensive lineman. Like, just what are we doing there? He has the ability to make those brain dumb plays that would terrify me but the listeners have overwhelmingly said that they trust Jared Goff more than they trust Brock Purdy this weekend it's it's such a it may be the more interesting game in a lot of ways but Mahomes Jackson is sexier yeah it's the two elite quarterbacks two of the best in the league MVP versus MVP well and don't don't you I mean maybe I'll be wrong here the Niners are the Super Bowl favorite overall in Vegas which is a little surprising to me I almost feel like no matter who wins, the people are going to bet the AFC because it's going to be either dominant Baltimore 
or Patrick Mahomes getting points, potentially. Yeah, likely. I, I don't disagree with that. If and, you get a Baltimore 49er yeah. rematch, we saw that game. Everybody will lean on that, yep. what happened on Christmas night. And the Lions are a great story, but I don't think anybody's going to... The Lions will not... They're a seven-point underdog this weekend. Yes. So they're not going to be favored over Baltimore or Kansas City. Uh, Matt Mayoko will join us at the top of the hour. He covers the Niners. We'll get into a little bit of what we're talking about, how he sees all of this covering the team on a day-in, uh, day-out day basis. We'll get the status story. Uh, coming up next... Let's dive into a little college football. Some news has happened up north. A little B1G football update. We'll do it next. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, Matt Mayoko coming up top of the hour. Talk a little bit more about the 49ers. Get to a couple of college football notes from yesterday, though. That's a big one. The Jed Fish tenure is off to an interesting start in Washington. He's coming into a, a depleted roster, was attempting to bring a lot of his guys from Arizona. He had kind of a circling of refunds and sources, uh, refunds of funds and sources down at Arizona, and they were able to keep most of their big name guys. And so Washington's kind of looking at, all right, who's our team going to be next year? And who's our quarterback most specifically going to be? And you found that answer out yesterday. Will Rogers, who transferred to originally play for Kalen DeBoer, he was going to be the heir apparent to Michael Penix. He announced yesterday that he is staying at Washington. He's withdrawing from the transfer portal. He is number two all-time in SEC passing yards, a stat that continues to blow my mind. Um, but this is at least a big early win for Jed Fish. It hasn't been perfect. It's really hard to take over in this part of the calendar, but he gets his quarterback for the 2024 season. Yeah, I'd be curious to pick Husky fans' brain here of, like, what is this, how are you uh, adapting to what the change has been so far? Um, Fish, you know, I think Fish has struck out in a lot of ways. Like, he kind of teased over the weekend as if massive news was going to start rolling down and all these Arizona kids were going to, flipping portal all the way to Seattle and then they did the big team like no we're staying you know Wolf of Wall Street stuff this is pretty big you need a quarterback you need a competent quarterback I I look at Will Rogers and I think why can't he be somewhat more like Noah Fafita and what he did in a Jed Fish offense uh obviously Jaden Delora is not what you want here with all those turnovers yeah but they've lost a lot of guys and the turnover is going to hurt I'm almost wondering if you, if you were a Washington fan, are, are you looking at it and saying, can we be an eight-win team this year? I think you kind of throw expectations out the window. For Like, you had such a dream year. You're going through a coaching change. It's going to take you a while to rebuild your roster. Yeah. 
I'm not saying you're cool with two and ten or one and eleven. I don't oh. think Washington's going to be that bad. Jeez, sound the alarms if they're sub four wins. I mean, their first two games, I'll go look it up again. I mean, they play like Eastern Washington and and you know Baylor School for the Blind. Well, that's it, not act like the bo- the full Big Ten either is very no challenging. Indiana's not scaring right. me at all. Like, get the hell out of here with that. I just think you kind of look at next year and you just you reset. Like, let's let's get through next year, see where we're at, yep. see how it goes, and then you can have expectations for the season after that. I was uh, in thinking about like coaching changes. The one thing I think about is like how much that sucks to hear, though. Yeah. Hey, a whole year of your life, <laughs> just, if you get through it, your team's fun. not going to be amazing. <laughs> right. Just bear with us. I'm like, you said uh, the other day, <laughs> a decade of of sucking in the NFL, and I'm like, could you imagine losing ten whole years of your life? Ten years in a row. Some man. people only get six of those ten or yeah. seven of those ten. And one of those 10, you're terrible. It's not a good place to be in. But if he can replug the pipeline of Seattle, it's clearly been unplugged for a while with them. Absolutely, it has. Replug that in, establish some kind of pipeline for yourself in LA, look amazing on offense, and plug back into the portal. This can be a, a quicker rebuild. Maybe not DeBoer level, but maybe you get close to it is kind of pie in the sky, I would think, thinking for Husky fan. I I honestly, you say no expectation. I still look at the situation. They have lost a lot. They lost everybody on their offense. Mm-hmm. But if you get a quarterback, you got a running back in the portal, you got a DB. Yeah, they're starting to repiece it a little bit. I think sub-seven wins is a little problematic, personally. Their first three games, or four games, if you want to go that far, Weber State and Eastern Michigan at home. That's right? two wins. Should be. Then you get Washington State in Seattle at Seahawks Stadium, but it's a home game for you, and I don't know how the Cougs are going to be next yeah, year. Cook fans are good at showing up at Seahawks game and making that a little more sure. of a split than just a Husky. The ticket sold will be a 50, yeah. it's supposed to be more of a 50-50 split, yes. but you're not traveling is my larger point, and I don't know how good the Cougs are replacing a lot, and Cam Ward's gone, as you got to find a new quarterback and all that. So I don't. And then you open Big Ten play with Northwestern at home, and I know Northwestern was a good story this year. They were. I, you know, that's they extended a, the coach. Winnable game. So, I mean, sure. you're looking at the start of the run of saying, all right, and then you go, you know, you get Michigan, and then you got to go to Iowa, and you got USC and Penn State and Oregon late in the season. Yeah. Like, things will pick up for them in the back half. Can you be 4-0, and I think, is the ultimate. If you're there, then you can maybe rattle off a couple wins here and there. I, It's well, just hard to do that. I mean, they have legitimately two starters back from their team. I, I just, year. I don't think you're beating <laughs> Oregon. I don't think you're beating Penn State. And so, like, you got to kind of take some of your medicine with what next season is. It's just, can you win the games you should? Yes. And put yourself in a spot where... Maybe at, pull off an upset or something. Yeah, maybe you do pull off an upset. I, I think winning at Iowa, for example. I don't think the world of Iowa, but winning at Iowa against what that defense has largely been in the Ferentz era, yeah, that would be a nice win. Um, I saw this the other day. I wanted to bring it up because it connects to Washington, and then I'll get to another college football note next. Do you know the team in the history of the conference, our legendary Pac-12 conference, or Pac-10 or Pac-8, whatever year you want to go, that has the record for most players drafted from a single class? It'd be pretty. When you think about it, it's pretty easy to guess. It's got to be the USC. It's it's Pete Carroll era yeah, it's USC. Be the Pete Carroll because they were loaded on defense and offense. Yes, they're the record for players drafted from a team from this conference is the 2006 USC Trojans okay. had 11 players drafted in yes. the NFL draft. Do you know there's a very decent chance that the 2023-24 Washington Huskies break that record this year? They have the potential. Now, as some of these guys end up going undrafted. Yeah. For, you know, you might not get picked in the sixth or seventh round. You got a receiver. You they got have a chance to have 13 guys drafted this year in the draft. 
Well, they've got multiple receivers. You have three receivers yeah. that'll be for top three round picks because yeah. Odunze is going to be a first round yeah, pick. McMillan. Polk is going to be a second round pick, yeah. and McMillan will be a top yeah. three round pick. Penix will be a first round pick. They're running Dylan back Johnson. They're edge their rushers. Line. The offensive yeah. linemen. I mean, I was looking at that the other day. They have a chance to break the record for most drafted uh-huh. players. Is Hampton back? Their safety. Because if he's gone, he's going to get drafted. He's a good player. Yeah. So, and, I, and some of these guys, you're splitting hairs because they might be undrafted free agents to go on and sign. But I saw that the other day because Husky fan has been very upset with Kalen DeBoer. He had a comment in Tuscaloosa where he basically said, I walked into this same situation when I took over in Seattle. We've been here before. We know how to handle this. Uh, and Husky fan was immediately like, dude, we're on the brink of breaking the record for most drafted players. And 90% of those guys were on that <laughs> roster before you got hired. <laughs> So Penick, sure, Dylan Johnson, sure, the rest of them. Well, you didn't recruit them; they were already there. Uh, that that certainly can be bothersome. But what I would say to Husky fan is like, just piss off. Like, who cares about what DeBoer, <laughs> DeBoer is trying to get the fire out? Yes, he it's, needs to calm his own fan base down. He's lost his guy. He's lost <laughs> their guys. Yeah. He's trying to get guys in. Like. He's sitting in a situation right now where, like, can Milrow play in that offense? <laughs> we'll see. I don't know if Milrow can be Penix. Maybe he can be an element of it with his legs, too. Can DeBoer uh, mold his offense to better fit? Yes. Can he change his offense from what it was last year to this year? And what is the guy's name? Courtney Morgan? Yeah. The, the caddy brought from Michigan to UW, yeah. from UW to Bama. Can that guy, and I've seen pictures of him on private jets, can he have that guy just establish the hub that it's been Tuscaloosa who cares what he says? It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. You don't have to believe anything he says. He's selling He's selling the Roll Tide Roll Reddit stream yes. is what he is doing right <laughs> Yes, now. he is. Thought here quickly uh, from a Husky fan. If you have to hit the reset button anyways, this is a good year to do it. Yeah. You're already going to lose a lot. Transitioning to the Big Ten, you almost have a built-in pass for a, a rough first year. It's a I, fair point. I agree with that. I want to get to another random note out of college football. This makes a lot of sense, but would it surprise you? And then an update on another player. We'll get to those coming up next on The Fam. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Well, I'm numb to it at this point because the portal's been around for a while. But as fans of a program, how do you feel about a guy going to play for a rival? Because it sounds like there's a chance that might happen. Uh, Jabbar Muhammad, the corner for Washington, who was elite all year. Uh, one of the best corners on the market. There's uh, He is down to Texas, Alabama, and Oregon. Yeah. And some folks are starting to throw in their little predictions and crystal balls. I don't know where the hell he's going to go. But there's a chance he ends up at Oregon. He really likes the culture. I mean, he's commented on this, and he said he... This is, I don't know about you, I always find this, like, mind-blowing. He was asked about it. He said, Oregon coach is calling me every day. I've never had that in my life. And I'm like, how are coaches not calling you every day? Yeah. (laughs) You were really good. That just seemed like such an obvious, I'm going to recruit you hard. How you doing? All right, great. Stay in contact. We want you. Bye. Like, that seems like what everybody's doing, and he made it sound like nobody does it. I got that Nike money. We're going to take care of you. Come on home. I know that creates complicated. A lot of Duck fans were pissed when Travis Dye went and played for USC, and I just. Were they really? Yeah, I don't get it. He was there for four years. His brother was gone. The coach left, and he's like, I want to go back home. Like, I. 
He was an L.A. guy that was kind of always a lifelong dream. and He went there be- largely because his brother was yeah. there, and he didn't wear gloves and fumbled a lot. And it's like, whatever, well, I don't hold that against you. You want to go back home to play for USC? Whatever, I don't care. You're getting into Jabbar Muhammad, Oregon territory. I would quickly like to jump in here. I just watched our great kicker go to yes. your program. Sir Atticus Sappington. Yes, you got yourself a nice kicker. What uh, if Atticus Sappington kicks a game-winning field goal in a national championship game? What if he beats Oregon State in Reeser <laughs> this year? <laughs> With a game-winning field on goal? a fake field goal? Uh, oh, oh, fake field goal. I think we got to call. If Lanning's up by a certain amount, he has to call that. Does he not? Toss it back to old Atticus and see what he does. <laughs> He's got he successfully has Sappington yes. run 30 yards yes. out. At the end of a half to get a touchdown for the Ducks. <laughs> See, it can work. Heartbreak. Jonathan Smith's going to yell at the TV. Take the knife out of my back already. Uh, so that's a rumor. We'll keep an eye on that. That that commit could happen anytime, and if whether it's Oregon or anywhere else. Jabbar Muhammad's one of the top guys left on the portal. That's a massive pickup if you get it. Oh, it'd be huge. I mean, I, there's not a lot of questions left on Oregon's roster. They could use another dominant corner, and he would be great. Um, there was a random report that's kind of been surfacing recently, and I'm just curious how we feel about it. I think we're all not surprised, but... If you were, if this was your NFL team, how would you feel? UCLA elected to keep Chip Kelly, which is a move that made sense to nobody. Like he doesn't recruit; it hasn't been great. Like I don't know, I don't know why you made that move. I would say they were forced to. They can't afford <laughs> Maybe that's it. to do anything. Maybe that's They're it. Broke. The reports in the last couple of days are saying that he is he is actively looking for an offensive coordinator job in the NFL, and he's going to leave UCLA. Okay, so you'd have to help me here. I thought it was that teams were eyeing and looking at him and not the uh, not what you said not that he was eyeing it maybe was that it they were starts looking. from the teams but he is not shooting down any interest in an he's offensive coordinator job somebody's he's taking ta- the well, phone he always takes the phone a call. call i mean come on uh he doesn't there was a story from a player who just committed to arkansas who was also being recruited by ucla i was reading this ironically the other day he said he went to ucla for a visit out of the transfer portal he had this whole day planned. He he sat down for like six minutes with Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly basically acted like he didn't exist, came into the meeting late, was like, all right, what do you want to know, blah, blah, blah. And then he said he went to a visit for Arkansas, and Sam Pittman and his man boobs basically walked him around all day. And he was like, this is such a difference in recruiting. And he chose Arkansas oh, yeah. because of it. Like, this dude needs to go back to the NFL. He's he can't not, recruit. He can't recruit. Yeah. He doesn't want to recruit. He doesn't no. try to recruit. Nope. Uh, how would you feel if your NFL team hired Chip Kelly as an OC? I wouldn't be – it wouldn't actually upset me the way oh. some people – People might. Uh, I know his NFL tenure didn't necessarily go how he wanted it. Um, but to me, he's I, I actually really have come to appreciate Chip in when he's uh, talking to the media. He just seems very down to earth. He answers almost every question. He's not as snarky as he was at Oregon. Yeah, I think uh, his experiences have humbled him a little bit. I have no problem with Chip Kelly, the play caller, the offensive mind. My thing with Chip Kelly is he doesn't recruit. He doesn't care about recruiting. No. You cannot win in college football if you cannot recruit at an elite level or even a decent level. And UCLA's been embarrassingly bad. And I also don't think he's a good leader. Um, and, and and I don't mean that as a necessarily negative knock on him as a person. He's got his personality. Yeah, he's the antithesis of Dan Campbell when it comes yeah. to the motivating yes. and rallying the troops the and culture that sort of stuff thing. in the locker room. I, I so, think he's yeah. good NFL brain. Just stay in the yeah. room, Just talk coach. to the quarterbacks and coach. I yeah. think he's great there hmm. leading a group of men or college players. I've ne- you know me. I've been on this a long time. I'm I'm not a big fan of it. And I, I think this might be the right path for both sides. The most UCLA looks thing, awful right now. Yes, I think do. the most important thing would be the fit with the head coach. So there's a rumor that it might be him and Dan Quinn going to Seattle. 
That was a speculated thing yesterday. Dan Quinn, head coach, Chip Kelly, offense coordinator. Yeah. I'll do the offense, you do the defense. I'll put, I'm will put. i going to put that up as a poll question because I missed that report. That would be fascinating how Seahawk fan would take that. Because I don't think Se- – Seahawk fan, I think, and if there's anybody out there that wants to text in or comment that I'm an idiot, I'm wrong, there's a feel that I get on Seahawk Twitter. They want the new shiny young thing. They don't want the retread um, coach who coached them years ago as a D.C., then went to Atlanta – and also couldn't have been a worse way to end a tenure at a place <laughs> no. than what Dallas got drubbed by Green Bay at home to Not that pretty. Dan Quinn defense. Not pretty. It feels like they want a Slowick, a Johnson, a McDonald. And maybe I'm off on that. I'm just reacting to some Twitter. But it kind of feels like that's the noise when I see Seahawks fans that I follow talk about. Be fascinated by that Dan Quinn Chip Kelly combo. How they'd feel? Be a great welcome to the Big Ten for UCLA. Your coach is going to go take an OC job in the NFL. Good luck. Have fun competing with Ohio State, and Michigan. We got to go to Mayoko quickly. Can you win there? No. Does that feel like a weird job to have where they're yeah, at in the I, Big Ten and I, even in LA? I want nothing to do with that job. Nothing to do with that job. We got a lot to get to in the final hour of the show. Status story coming up. We're going to push it to 8:30 because we're starting uh, with Matt Mayoko, who covers the 49ers as we continue to preview the AFC and NFC title games. What does he expect this weekend? Thoughts on Purdy? Shanahan will start the final hour there next on 1080 the fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 